I get it once it's recording. Okay, we're good to go. Hey, basketball fans. Uh, welcome to the first inaugural Bulldog Basketball. Wait, no, we aren't called Bulldog Basketball Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go again. Hey, Bulldog Basketball fans. Welcome to the first inaugural Drake Basketball Podcast. Uh, my name is Tucker, and I'm here with my host. Eduardo. As noted, uh, one sentence prior, this is our first ever Drake Basketball Podcast, and at least for me, it's my first podcast ever. Um, I don't know if you have more experience, Eduardo. I've I've dabbled uh, with some podcasts in the past, you know, a lot of Liga MX, some soccer. So, you know, just going from, you know, niche podcast to another, essentially. Yeah, uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about how we got here. Yeah, I mean, for starters, you know, we we were just messaging back and forth like, hey, we need to do a podcast about Drake basketball, started spitballing some names. And to my surprise, Drake basketball was not taken which seems like does not reflect great on our drake bulldog nation that nobody has claimed this name before why the why did why did you want to why did you want to do it i mean drake basketball you've been a fan for a long time so why was this something that you wanted to talk about and why does need why does drake need the coverage yeah um so i guess a little bit about me uh, I've been going to every single Drake basketball home game for the entirety of my 33 years on this planet. Um, and that started when Drake was god awful at basketball. It wasn't just regular bad, you know, because you've got teams that have their ups and downs. Like Drake was always down growing up. <laughs> we mm-hmm. went through seasons where we went 0 and 18 with Kirk Kanaski as the head coach. Um, and now that we're we're going through this incredible run with coach DeVries and all the guys that he's put together. I just really wanted a chance to get out there and connect further with, you know, other, other like-minded fans, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we're right at the cusp of another tournament run, which again, as you said, can't be taken lightly at all. My, my Drake fandom doesn't span as long as Tuckers, but I've been a Drake fan about 15 years. And yeah, when I was at school, you knew you were playing Thursday, first off. I mean, like pencil your calendar, like who are we playing? Is it Bradley, is it SIU? Like that was, that's what happened. And if you're lucky enough, then you make it to Friday and then you get trounced by Wichita State or Creighton. That was kind of the the MO back in the day. Um, But it was bad. I mean, like Drake was bad, uh, just such a, whatever team in the valley um like i used to just like i can't even put into words like thinking about drake in the in the ncaa tournament never really entered my my mind like as a possibility like it was never just like oh yeah well maybe we'll go on a run maybe we'll win the tournament no and to be fair like before debris even got there there was never like an inkling of that i don't believe we made the semis like Aside from obviously 2008, like I don't think there was any semi runs even uh, prior to Debris in those 10 years, essentially. No, I mean, they would they play on Thursday night every once in a blue moon. Things would go our way and we'd <laughs> we'd get on to Friday. But it's just night and day. The difference between the current head coaching regime and the AD, Brian Harden, and the president, Marty, who hired Brian, like from top to bottom, you can see that both the men's and women's teams are being extremely well run and they're doing all the little things that they need to that then give the team a chance to win, um, you know, against against other schools in the Valley and nationally. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so we're only we're a few days away from NCAA tournament starting Drake's Drake plays on Friday, obviously, against Miami. Maybe a good starting point is how like how did how did we get here? Drake as a 12 seed winning the valley um to this matchup with Miami. Give me give me some uh some key points of how the Drake Bulldogs got to where they were in, in 2023. Or if you want to go further back too, you can. I mean, because it really does feel like three years in the making, to be honest. 
Well, yeah, and with with the carryover for players, I mean, it almost feels five years in the making because we've had the yeah. good fortune yeah. to have DeVries bring in this this incredible class that has reached such highs and also such lows in terms of injuries every single year um, before Arch Madness. But I mean, Garrett Sturts, he has the national lead in terms of most consecutive games played, I think. Yeah, I think he 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 was tied for a while with a guy from uh, Dayton, I believe, and I think he just he just passed them too, uh, probably just because Drake went further, uh, obviously. But yeah, yeah, pretty wild. I mean, no, the uh, the beginning of this season, obviously, and I get I get too hyped up before the season, which I think most fans do. But at the beginning of the oh, season, yeah. everyone that we were bringing back, along with sophomore Tucker DeVries, um. I was up there. I'm like, we're going to be top 25 the whole year. This is going to be great. Uh, Sweet 16 or bust. And then, you know, early on, we didn't know it at the time, but the team was dealing with some injuries. Um, Roman busted his foot first day of classes again. Um, And there were some rough spots early on um, in the non-con with that blowout loss to Richmond. which Which we still, nobody can still explain that. I mean, like, no, like no disrespect to Richmond, like they're fine. Like, obviously, they they had a pretty good year last year, but I don't think anyone expected huge things out of Richmond this year, um, and it just got blasted. I mean, when you go through Drake's non-con, like it just stands out. Like, what was that? Uh, no one can explain that loss at all. Well, and even in the context of like Coach DeVries' tenure at Drake. His teams almost never get blown out. Like it is yeah. so rare. Um, just because they're always so well prepped. Um, you know, the guys he recruits are grinders, they don't give up. Um, the only mm-hmm. other loss that comes to mind is they played at Colorado, I think, maybe in his first or second year, and they lost, I think, by 30. But mm-hmm. like I was so overly confident. I remember I was watching this Richmond game, um, <laughs> and we were down like 15 or so and i remember just saying to someone that i was watching it with and i was just like the great thing about being a drake fan now is there's never any question about whether or not we'll come back i was like this game's gonna be a one possession game i'm just just waiting for when but but in, in a weird way like that richmond game kind of kick-started that like that was the Drake really struggled on the road early on, like very, very noticeably, not only down the stretching games, but just overall, like they could not figure out a way. And and that was kind of the game where it was like, wow, like this, this is an issue. Because um, when you go back, like obviously they started their, their, not, their conference schedule pretty poorly. You know, they lose to Indiana State, which at the time looked like, okay, that's kind of a bad loss, but obviously Indiana State turned out being pretty good team then you end up uh then you drop to missouri state you drop to uh siu all on the road all close games and it was kind of i think everyone was at a point of like this is kind of it like you're either start turning the season around or is this going to be like just a wasted year with all this talent and experience yeah i mean i think it just it took them a while to to get their sea legs as as people say um, that don't live in landlocked states um, because like those, those early Valley games in particular, we lost at Southern Illinois, which, I mean, at the time you didn't know where Southern would finish. They they ended up being a really solid team, but I think we lost that by, by maybe three. Um, We lost at Missouri state, another game. Mm -hmm. I think we lost by three and we were up in the last two to three minutes of all those games. And looking back, the one game that I uh, sort of see as the turning point for our season was our win over Indiana State at home. Because up and then we'd been inconsistent. And in that game, we were up 18. And we we blew the lead. Um, They came all the way back. And then DJ hit that incredible three to win the game. Yeah, I mean, so so there are two things that were really happening early on for Drake. It was one, not being able to win on the road, and two, it was blowing huge leads. Um, and and like you said, like I 
in the Indiana State game came right after the Missouri State game at home, where exact same thing, you know, huge lead. Missouri State comes back, they go to overtime, Drake loses. And then again, you build this huge lead against Indiana State and you're kind of like, okay, here we go again. You know, we're blo- we're blowing it again. And if DJ doesn't hit that shot, I mean, I think the season goes in a completely different direction. I think at the time Drake was 5 and 4 in conference with the win, they went to 6 and 4, and from there it was like a stretch of wins, you know, obviously all the way all the way to the Bradley game um, to close out the year. But that, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that was the turning point, but I, it's kind of crazy just seeing the offense like before the Indiana state game and after, because after that they just took off and per- perhaps the second turning point, maybe just from a mental standpoint is right after the Indiana state game, what happens? Tucker gets a staff infection, Tucker DeBreeze. And now he's out probably going into your biggest road game of the season at the time when you've struggled playing on the road. You just had this huge emotional win at home. And then all of a sudden, hey, the the best player on your team is not going to be available against Belmont on the road. Yeah, that game. And it's funny that you brought it up because we're on exactly the same track here. That game was, I think, so huge for the way they play today because. Early on in the season, I think we came into this year, everybody knew that Tucker DeVries was going to be Drake's best player and the league's best player. Mm -hmm. And I think as a result, we saw a lot of possessions, especially late in games with him in ISO. Mm -hmm. And he's great in ISO, especially when you get it to him in uh, the paint or in that short corner and he has space to work. Like he hits that little fade away in the lane or you know backs them down and goes off the glass he's he's incredible at that but when you start relying on that too much for your offense that's when drake would get in trouble and it's like when they had that road game at belmont and just ran them out of the gym <laughs> it's like the rest of the team sort of uh rediscovered their identity um in terms of ball movement and just whipping mm-hmm. the ball around the court roman was doing what he does getting into the lane kicking and then yeah. once once Tucker came back, it's like, okay, now we've got our best player back. So we have all of his abilities. Now combine that with our rediscovered ability to move the ball. And <laughs> the result was the team uh, that that won the uh, the NBC title. Uh, I'm laughing because they 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 do forget at times how to move the ball. Um, and when they are moving the ball, they're pretty incredible. But it's not just the ball movement, um, which obviously it all starts with Roman. It's like Roman can't can't be like a four point per game guy. And I think at times he was kind of defaulting to that of like, okay, I can just score a couple buckets. And it was like after that Belmont game, he kind of took it to another level of not only am I averaging six seven assists per game and just really pushing the pace and really moving the ball but now i'm trying to average 14 16 points a game and that's where it went to another level because now it was not only do you have tucker who's going to always give you 20 points uh now you have roman just being super aggressive not only setting up guys but also looking for his own shot too yeah i uh was was tucker's first game back against you and i at home that was the you and i game i think he started I don't I mean I don't have uh I don't have the box score in front of me, but I think he started like oh of nine, oh of ten, something something like that. And he was just forcing it. And you could almost tell like it was probably one, he was rusty, but two, you know, you probably hear that outside noise a little bit of, oh, you know, is is Drake better without without Tucker DeBreeze in the lineup? Like they just destroyed Belmont on the road and you kind of start second guessing and now you're taking a, a three that you wouldn't normally take now you're trying to kind of put your mark in the game and and it was it was pretty bad but again we keep finding these or we keep kind of running into these little moments where drake season really kind of came into focus but again has a really rough game but then what happens second overtime he goes oh, on I a know, little I run <laughs> yeah he goes in a little run and he's the one that puts the game away after yeah. having a horrible game essentially yeah, I think he scored 12 points in overtime. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that was a time, especially after Bourne hit those two incredibly deflating running threes with the clock running out. Like 
it would be very easy for Northern Iowa just to have all the momentum be like, all right, you know, God has chosen us today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it was Drake. God's plan was for us to win. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and Tucker came up with 12 huge points in overtime. Yeah. And the season just started really rounding out after that. And you started seeing just very consistent basketball, you know, the road issues were gone. The ball movement wasn't like, Oh, is it going to be there? It was, it was there and it was consistent. And I think right around this time, I think the the breeze, I said, coach the breeze, I should say, um, really figured out his bench too. I think, I think it all kind of fell right into place. It became very clear. It's, it's Connor, it's Sardar, uh to hit a couple threes and then nate just being giving you some minutes off the bench and then okai occasionally just coming in and hitting some threes it just it really fell into place like the rotations just became kind of seamless at that point yeah i mean it's funny because okai is a he's a fan favorite on the message board and i think for good reason because when he comes in and when he gets time on the court i know his defense is the reason that he doesn't get more time on the court but the fact that he's such just like a plug and play shooter you put him in there like get him a look and he'll get it i mean in not to jump too far ahead but in the first round of the, uh, the missouri valley conference tournament against murray state we we're struggling to get to mm-hmm. get points especially from behind the arc and coach just put him in immediately hit a 30 foot three and came out like a minute later and it's like okay like that's an okai run yeah and i mean he's always ready and i know i know it's coach speak to say it right like oh stay ready but to to have a guy that that is not afraid to just come off the bench and yep you need me to shoot a three i'll, I'll shoot a three no hesitation um it's nice having a guy like that same with calhoun to be honest i mean he's obviously getting more minutes but kind of gives you that jolt off the bench all the time but I know we should uh, we should probably we should probably get to talk to Miami about Miami, but we we do need to talk about the NBC tournament um, right before because it was uh, it was a great weekend. This great three days of Drake basketball. Yeah, I mean I know uh, you were watching from home, uh, so was, you had the, the full the, uh, announcers' insights. Um, I was on the ground in St. Louis, so we had it covered from both angles. Drake had a great showing for fan support. Like I was, it's just night and day, the the number of fans we have in St. Louis as opposed to the past. And I think that's what's been so huge under DeVries is how he's managed to grow the fan base. And also Brian Harden, like they both work so hard to connect with the community and it's, it's paying off because you see people under the age of 70 or so <laughs> wearing Drake gear now. Um. But yeah, Murray State, um, if you would have told me going into the tournament that Murray State would be our closest game, uh, I would have thought you were smoking something because like mm-hmm. obviously we beat them by 20 plus in both regular season matchups. But they came out, credit to Steve Prome, they came out strong. They were all fired up, uh, especially, I can't remember, I think his name's Burns. Like the dude spent the entire first half like just yeah. doing pump up motions to the crowd. Like yeah. you play a little bit of basketball here and there, but most <laughs> of it was just pump up motions to the crowd. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Murray State gave Drake fits. Um, I think Murray State has, they have some of the qualities that can give Drake a tough time sometimes. It's just like when you when you have guys that have length that can be athletic, um, I think Murray State ultimately was, they're, they're they kind of, unraveled a little bit just they don't have the shooting um i think if you put a couple more shooters on that team uh murray state's pretty dangerous but drake just kind of stuck to the game plan and again it was the same thing you know moving the ball roman do roman doing his thing eventually tucker's gonna get it going and it kind of played out nicely and then soon enough you're playing southern illinois and you're down nine nothing uh one minute like one minute and a half into the game a team that does not shoot does not make threes i should say you know hits hits them right off the bat yeah and i mean it's it was especially deflating just because of i mean pace of play southern illinois is one of the slowest in the country if not the slowest and with their defense 
small leads are big leads. Mm-hmm. Like ordinarily, Absolutely. okay, a nine point lead early in the game, like bad start, but not not an issue really. Whereas with Southern Illinois, it's like, ah, oh, she. I don't know if we're allowed to swear on podcast. I haven't done the research, but um, <laughs> it wasn't great. But you could see, like, that's one of the times this season where Drake's uh, age has paid off because you could see, like. Roman was not phased in the slightest. Garrett was not phased in the slightest. Um, the rest of our super seniors, like everybody's like, okay, yeah, this is fine. And yeah, sure enough. Yeah. And I, and I thought it ended up being kind of detrimental in a way to Southern Illinois. Cause I think they got a little bit too comfortable shooting threes, which like I said, is not their thing. You know, it, I think uh, coach Mullins would have probably preferred uh, them just okay we're you know we got a nine point lead let's drive it drive it drive it continue to slow it down and instead they kind of were just riding their hot the hot hand and it did not it did not work out because then drake just kept being steady and then again roman did his thing ball movement was there tucker got it going and you know it's just the consistency has been there in a way that i would say even the last three years five years has not been there um it's uh it starts with Roman, but then it's Brody just being a force. I mean, I think that's probably one thing that kind of went a little bit under the radar uh, in the MVC title weekend. Uh, you know, obviously we talk about Roman a lot. We talk about Sturts being a Swiss Army knife and and Tucker doing Tucker things. But Brody's defense was massive. Like he altered so many shots the entire weekend, you know, played great, was great passing from the high posts was just great being aggressive getting putbacks like he had an awesome weekend and he's had a an awesome year to be honest and i think sometimes he gets a little bit a little bit lost in the shuffle um with maybe some of the other guys at drake that get the credit yeah and it's especially it's especially impressive because fallon used to be such a liability for him oh yeah you you he'd start and he'd be out at the five minute marks he'd have two to three fouls and yeah. in addition to losing 20 pounds before the season even started, like his energy has been off the charts this year compared to past, like he sprints up and down the court, like does a great job of staying straight up on all of his jumps. Mm-hmm. He, he still gets called for it sometimes just because he's so big, little guys will bounce off him and the refs will just react to it. But like he does a better job of not fouling than, than most people will see. Mm-hmm. And and that kind of carried over into the Bradley game where I think I think you and I talked about it before going into the, the championship game. But I think one thing that I felt good about as a Drake fan going into it is Brody. He outplayed Mass like in Des Moines. He crushed him uh, in Peoria, even though Bradley won that game. Obviously, I thought he handled Mass pretty well. Um, so that was one thing that I, I felt pretty good about, just knowing their best player couldn't deal with Brody very well all season. And now, you know, you get to play it out in a neutral court and Brody played pretty well. Uh, dude, Mast, <laughs> he, uh, on one hand, I don't know whether to feel bad for him or make fun of him because... <laughs> Just seeing him, he seems like he's a quiet guy. Yeah. Which made his statements about how he should have been the player of the year seem yeah. kind of strange to me. And I wonder if Wardle was in his ear, like trying to fire him up. Because you know Wardle, yeah. he tries to take offense to everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He his t shirts about getting blown out on ESPNU uh, when Drake killed him in Des Moines. And so yeah. I wonder if he was like, you know, Rank, you can't take this disrespect. Like you should have been player of the year trying to fire him up. And then mass just came out and said it to a media member um but it was it wasn't a good look when he did that and then proceeded to score uh two points in the semifinal game and six points against drake yeah he had he had a rough weekend i mean obviously he had the big game against you and i uh but then again you and i is tiny um so i mean that was a little bit of a little bit expected um yeah i mean it's uh, it's fun. You, it's funny you bring it up because I think that irritated a lot of Drake fans. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this about what Mass said. You know, like you said, which was um, the player of the year in the Valley typically just goes to the one seed. 
I was surprised that Tucker DeBreeze got it just because of that fact. Not the, not because he wasn't deserving, and I think you could probably make a case for Ben Shepard too uh, from Belmont. Um, but because, yeah, MVC has always been very chalk, and they always seem to kind of slide the underclassmen, to be honest. You know, kind of seem to be a little bit behind the times. It's kind of, oh, POI goes to the senior or goes to the one seed, and that's kind of that. So I was pleasantly surprised that Tucker won it. And like you said, I mean, I don't think Mass is kind of that fiery, let me trash talk kind of guy. I don't think I don't think he is. Um, and had a rough game against Indiana State. And I mean, to be fair, everyone had a rough day against Drake. You know, <laughs> um, it was a it was a bad day. And Wardle seems to be very much so like that old school coach of like you take like any kind of weird thing to try to fire up someone or like make a prop to try to jolt the team, like bring matches to a practice or something, you know, that that type of mentality. Um, and it backfired. And I think, you know, Bradley, I think Bradley's a pretty, pretty well-rounded team. Um, I think they were very clearly the second best team in the Valley. Um, but it was weird just how they approached that regular season finale game. I've, you know, I, I just felt like, they were really setting themselves up for an emotional hangover one way or the other. Um, you know, I think Drake went into that match matchup thinking, Hey, it'd be nice to win it, but ultimately we got to do it in St. Louis anyway. Um, so I don't think, I don't think they were that overly invested. Uh, and I, for Bradley, it was huge. They got the win and then they just came up flat and Drake felt very confident and it played out in the court pretty much the same way it did in Des Moines. You know, it's kind of very similar type of game, just kind of snowballed and Bradley never really had a shot. Yeah. And clarifier um, for any Bradley fans uh, listening, you know, we would have loved to have had that final game. Eduardo is not discounting the importance of the regular season championship. To the <laughs> um, but in fact, like I, uh, in past years, I would get riled with Bradley fans because they would win uh, Arch Madness and then describe it as a title. I'd be like, yeah, we won the Valley. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, no, you didn't. You didn't win the regular season. But it's like now being on the other side of that, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't really care about that either. You know what's funny is, and and I didn't know this until recently, you know, there's there's nothing in the in the NCAA guidelines that says a conference the conference tournament has to be the auto qualifier to the yeah, tournament that's, that's up to the conference to choose that's up to the conference to choose which obviously like why would it they obviously make the conference tournament the qualifier because then why would people care about it why would anyone air it on tv type of thing um so maybe bradley has to uh raise a complaint to the mvc but i'm with you i mean don't get me wrong winning the regular season t- title in the valley i mean you can definitely make the argument is way harder. I mean, it's obviously now a 20 game season, Um, but I don't know, man, just Drake did not seem worried at all going into that title game. I think they're very comfortable and I think they were pissed that they didn't, they didn't play well in Peoria and they got a shot to, to win it, to get to the tournament. And that's what they did. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. Well, shall we, uh, should we jump in to yeah. uh, the real? Tell tournament? me, tell me, tell me why why we're gonna beat Miami? Because that's I think what all of Drake basketball wants to hear, or why we're not gonna meet, beat Miami, so they come come get you then. <laughs> uh, well, I think I think to start, I'll just give you a quote from the Miami message board to sort of get you in the mindset that okay. Miami's in. The pussification of our fan base is unbelievable. We're not losing to an effing 12-seated Drake. Not up. And then uh, most of the rest of the posts um, were talking about how they're going to match up with Indiana in the game after. So (laughs) they they are not concerned. Um, And you know what? If I was a Miami fan, I might not be either because they're they're a really strong team. They won the ACC uh, regular season title. They have the the ACC player of the year and Isaiah Wong. Um, 
and frankly, they've just gotten the job done uh, all year. I think um, the key to Drake winning is going to be an incredible game from Roman. I think we're going to need a big performance off the bench from both Enright and Calhoun. Um, when you look at Drake's season this year, the games where we've been our best are when we get performance off the bench. Like, because mm-hmm. Roman pretty much always is going to be good as Roman's low point. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's that special of a player. But it's like when we get help off the bench, in addition to Tucker going off for 20, Roman, you know, Garrett is is a constant. He's going to score a minimum of 10 points off of little floaters in the lane. DJ's going to knock down threes, but I think it'll come down to that bench play and then Brody being huge inside because Miami is extremely athletic. Um, they've got a lot of long wing players, but they don't have a big guy inside. And with an injury against Duke in the ACC tournament, they may be getting even smaller. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, them uh, them being that being being short, pro- probably you know their best rebounder, and that would be huge for Drake. Um, you know, I think their coach said he's day to day, but I think you know when I when you go through Miami season, first off, you know Miami's got a great coach. I I've always thought. You know, his teams are always well prepared, well coached. So I think from that standpoint, that's always going to be tough um, matching up against them. I also think that when you go through go through their schedule, I think what you'll come out realizing is they really didn't lose any games that they were supposed to lose. Um, They didn't have too many impressive wins either, um, which I think kind of shows you that. They are very well coached and they are pretty experienced. You know, the games that they should win, they win. And the the games that maybe they shouldn't win, they tend to not win. Um, which, you know, they won they like you said, they won the ACC regular season title. I think they kind of lucked out getting Virginia at home. I think that's kind of the thing that decided that for them. Uh, but I went back because I was curious, you know, in their seven losses, like what's kind of one of the common denominators. And pretty much, and you go through all their losses, they got killed on the glass, like destroyed. So that's that's the thing where you hope Drake can have an advantage. Um, Drake was the best rebounding team in the Valley. Um, Miami doesn't rebound it great. And then the other thing, you know, you brought up um, kind of their guard play and and kind of how, you know, how they can be long and try to try to put you into traps is the turnover game essentially that's huge for them yeah um i mean just as i was doing research for this for this episode um jim laranaga has taken miami to two sweet 16s and then an elite eight last year and he returns some key players from last year's team uh their leading player is Isaiah Wong, who, like I mentioned earlier, is the ACC Player of the Year. Uh, the big man in question for our matchup on Friday is Norchad Omir. Um, mm-hmm. and he leads the team in both rebounds and blocks. Uh, he was third in the ACC in rebounds and offensive rebounds uh, at 10 per game. Uh, he's actually a transfer to Miami from Arkansas State, where he was the Sunbelt Player of the Year. Uh, as well as the Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year. So he's he's huge for them. And as Eduardo said, they when they struggle, they struggle on the glass. Um, in, I'm trying to think, one, two. They had seven losses this year, is that right? Yeah, yeah, seven in, losses. In their seven losses this year, they were out-rebounded in six of them. Um, and their worst loss this year was uh, to Maryland, which was their only double-figure loss of the year, and in that game, mm-hmm. they were out-rebounded um, 39 to 20. Yeah. In addition to giving up 60% shooting from the field, um, and only shooting 12 free throws uh, to Maryland's 23. So, um, those patterns of rebounding and then fouling are things that you see repeatedly in their losses, but. Again, they don't lose much. So Drake is yeah. going to have to really show up and Brody's going to have to be huge on the glass for Drake to uh, have a chance in this one. 
yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's always better to focus on the negatives just to uh, psych yourself up of like why why you have a good sh shot against them. You know, on the on the other side, they you know probably their best win was at home against Duke, just destroyed them and won by twenty plus. Now Duke just won the ACC uh, conference tournament and it's looking really good, right? And they beat Virginia at home too, which I mentioned. Um, so th that's like, that's the great, that's the really good Miami that you can get. And the bad Miami is the Maryland loss. So, but I think, like I said, when you go through their season, they were, they're very consistent. You know, they really didn't drop games that they were, that they weren't supposed to drop. You know what I mean? So they're tough. Wong is he's really good. I'm I'm curious to see what the game plan is on him. I would imagine you'll see some DJ, some some Garrett, um, maybe try to zone it up at different times. Uh, I'm curious because we don't really have someone that matches up great with him, to be honest. Um, mm. That's probably the biggest concern. He's a really good player. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be tight. I mean, I, I really think that um, I think Drake has a good chance um, because they have good rebounding, because they tend to take care of the ball. Um, but at the end, these two teams, they are both pretty efficient on offense. They both shoot it pretty well. Uh, so it's going to be a couple couple shots that make the difference, I think, to be honest. Yeah, one thing, and this is looking at it, too simplistically, but one thing that kind of worries me is their ability to create shots um, mm -hmm. on their own. Cause they've got a lot of guys who can create shots. And when you try to think of teams that Drake has played this season, who have the ability to do that, the first one that comes to mind is Missouri state. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's like, take, take players who are more highly rated than Missouri States, then mm -hmm. give them a coach who no slight to Dana Ford. Are, are you think, disrespecting Dana Ford again? <laughs> I think, I think objectively you can talk to anyone in the country and they will tell you that Jim Laranega might have a slight coaching edge on Dana Ford, like yeah. just a slight one. Laranega is great. I mean, he really is. I mean, you, they, they're gonna, they're gonna be well-prepared. It's not going to be one of those. Like I remember when, uh, when Illinois uh, lost to Loyola a couple years ago, like, I don't think, to be honest, I don't think Illinois watched a single second of, Loyola basketball that year because they had, they were pretty clueless going into that game. That's not going to happen in this game. They'll be very well prepared for Drake for sure. Um, but I don't know. I feel I feel good about it. Um, I feel like we have a, a pretty good chance. But I, I think it does come down kind of to what you said. You know, can you limit can you limit those guys that can get their own shot that can kind of break Drake down a little bit um, and we talked about what bad Miami looks like, what bad Drake looks like is not moving the ball, mm -hmm. being stagnant, relying on Tucker ISOs that lead to turnovers. That's, that's the bad Drake. That's, that's what can go wrong for Drake. Mm -hmm. And Miami is definitely a team that likes to pressure the ball. Like when you look at ball screens, mm -hmm. they love to hedge, jump out and double. So, I mean, I'm really grateful that we have Roman Penn as our point guard. Uh, mm -hmm. I think Connor's going to be going to be tested early and often when he gets in there because they've just got these long rangey six, five to six, seven dudes who just jump out and get you every time you set a ball screen. Um, they've got in their starting lineup. I was taking a look through just in terms of height. Um, their point guard, who isn't a giant um, Drake fans will remember him, Nigel Pack. Um, and he was on, the Kansas State team uh, that DeVries beat was that his was that his second year? Uh, God, Kansas third. State. I think that would have been the third year. I think that was had, the year uh, we made it to the tournament. I believe because we had Brody and and uh, the Murphy twins. Yeah, I remember Issa had a, yeah. had a probably a second or th second or third year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's seen he's seen Drake before. He's been beaten by Drake before. I don't think uh, he'll be taking them lightly. Um, after him, they have uh, Wooga Poplar, who's a six-five guard who shoots forty percent from three. Uh, Jordan Miller is their defensive guy. If I had to guess, 
Uh, I would say he'll probably be who they put on DeVries. He's sort of the, and correct me if I'm saying this wrong, Malavai or Malebi Leons from Bradley? Ooh, I think it's Malavai. I think okay. it's Malavai. Okay, I would yeah. I'd equate him to that. He's their stopper. Uh, he can guard four spots on the court. Um, mm-hmm. He averages 15 points a game, 36% from three. Um, but I think that's probably who they're going to have on Tucker. So I'm glad he got in. Uh, some practice reps against uh, a similarly uh, long and athletic player um, in Malibai. Yeah. Um, oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. I mean, <laughs> the th- the thing about it is, I mean, when it's uh you know Drake was always gonna be around that 12 seat mark, so it doesn't really matter who you're playing. Like you're probably getting a pretty decent team on, on that five. You know, maybe it's someone who dropped or maybe it's someone who overachieved a little bit but Miami's a good team St. Mary's is a good team Duke's a good team you know San Diego State's pretty solid too so it's yeah. that's kind of it you you got to beat a good team to advance you know to yeah. be not and to be too simplistic about it way to be way over simplistic Eduardo you 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 should have to beat a good team to advance on the tournament that's my that's my analysis <laughs> Um, yeah, no, the, uh, the big question mark, uh, I was looking at their, their depth chart and if Norchad O'Meara, their big guy, uh, all conference, everything leading rebounder is out, mm-hmm. they don't have a ton, a ton of depth behind him. Um, they've got a six, nine freshman named AJ Casey who gets six minutes a game averages a point and a rebound. Um, or they've got a fourth year junior named Anthony Walker, uh, who's six, nine averages 10 minutes a game. Uh, and one rebound. So if he's out, like Brody needs to Brody needs to plant his flag in the paint. Uh, speaking of uh, little little wrinkles or or details that can really turn a game, uh, can we talk about Roman getting a little bump uh, being back in his uh, in his old gym, which is a, which is pretty wild. you know, it, it kind of comes full circle for Roman. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, MVP Arena in uh, Albany, Albany, New York, the beautiful Albany. Yeah. yeah so obviously Roman started uh, in Siena. Uh, that's where his college uh, career began, and it, it's weird that him him playing in his first tournament game because then again two years ago Roman was hurt and he couldn't play. Um, you know when Drake Drake made that run, the fact that it's where his college career started is is pretty weird but i think he'll come out fired up i mean i really do yeah yeah i would be um if i was a you know an all-level college basketball athlete if if you were a a first team all mvc type player you would come out fired up for the ncaa tournament is is what you're saying i mean i'm i'm very close to that you know, so it's it's not much of a stretch for me um, as someone who's scored double figures in C to B league rec games multiple on multiple occasions. You know, like it's not just a one time thing. Um, Roman and I very similar players. Very similar, very similar. So are, are we? Uh, are you going to give a a prediction here? Are you going to be superstitious? Not want to jinx anything? What are what are you feeling? Um. Well, I have two predictions, uh, one for the Drake Nation message board, which is we lose uh, 97 to three. The three comes on a banked in Brody three point buzzer beater. Um, (laughs) My uh, my other prediction, which isn't for karma, is Bulldogs win 80 to 76. Uh, Wow. I I see you win with 80 because, you know, that's 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 the magic number. Mm -hmm. Uh, which uh, I'll put you on the spot. I don't know if you know it or not. Who is the one loss on the Brees' record? Um, so, I mean, for, for those of you guys that don't know, Darren DeBreeze has only lost one game at Drake when Drake scores 80 points. And the record's something stupid, like 60 and one. Um, and every time, every time they flash the stat on TV, I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to remember like, who was that one? I think it was you and I, um, I feel like it might've been the UNI game last year, um, when they lost in the nap. Uh, but I honestly, it's, I always, 
I always mean to do a deep dive and I never do, but that's the magic number for Drake. If they score 80 points, 80 points, the the breeze has literally only lost once while at Drake. I marvel at the stat every time I see it and (laughs) have never remembered to look it up. So you'll have to let me know if you find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I don't I'll go if I'm if I'm giving a prediction, I'll go Drake 72, Miami 68. That's that's my prediction. Okay. The defensive slugfest. We win slightly, slightly, you know, but I think, you know, I think a lot of the Drake Miami games tend to be in the 70s. And yeah. maybe 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 I don't want to say 80 to get cautious to be cautiously don't want to get too optimistic because that is that is the magic mark for Drake is the 80 points. Yeah, so my uh, my theory is that this is all this is all karma coming back around because in 2008 when drake lost to western kentucky at the buzzer um yukon had lost to a san diego team um mm-hmm. so drake would have been matched up against san diego for a shot to go to the sweet 16 against kevin love's ucla team um <laughs> so i think uh kent state is going to get the upset upset against indiana and we're going to get a drake uh kent state matchup in the round of 32 i mean that would be a pretty pretty nice matchup that that'd be nice i mean since we're since we're talking about uh other other matchups is there well before i ask you anything else you want to add about drake miami besides go bulldogs no i mean i think we've i think we've covered it i'll be uh i'll be in attendance for it so i'll leave my voice on the road um come back at a whisper my uh, my question for you was going to be, you know, we're putting our, our Drake fandom aside. What is the game? I'll ask you two questions, actually. What game are you most excited about Thursday, Friday? Obviously not the Drake game. And which game are you least excited about? <laughs> where you're like, oh, my God, that, you know, that looks pretty boring. That. And I guess you should you shouldn't pick you shouldn't pick like a high seed because like yeah like a one sixteen probably isn't going to be that exciting but hey, like UMBC has uh, uh, never forget never that. forget yeah so let's see in terms of games that I'm really looking forward to I think it's going to be really interesting if they can get out of the first four to watch Mississippi State and Iowa State um, you know partially because obviously Drake um, yeah Mississippi State to the woodshed. Um, I'm being slightly aggressive with my description description of the game. It was well, really close. You know we you know we got to talk about Mississippi State like they're a Final Four contender. Exactly. exactly. Know, just just to prop up Drake. Uh, Drake is two and zero against the two NCAA tournament teams that they face. Mm-hmm. So there is there is that statistic. Louisiana being uh, the other team. Raging Cajuns playing Tennessee. So you're going. If Mississippi State wins, Mississippi State, Iowa State. Yeah, I think that's going to be a hideous game uh, just because both of them struggle offensively. Both of them are all in defensively. Um, I just think it's going to be gross to watch, um, and I'm kind of intrigued. Um, I'm going to be cheering for uh, Creighton. Um, I don't want to jinx anything, but you know I'm cheering for Creighton. Um, I need them to have the right amount of success. Because you want to keep McDermott properly employed yep, yep. as to not attract attention uh, to take Papa DeBreeze away. I need McDermott to be successful, but not too successful. <laughs> the right amount of success. Uh, I, I'm i really intrigued. Memphis, FAU, I think mm-hmm. is... Boy, your boy, Penny. My boy, Penny. Uh, that's my guy, uh, obviously. Uh, but... That's a really good 8-9 matchup. Like, FAU uh, had an awesome season. Uh, so that one stood out just going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, games I'm not excited about. I think Maryland-West Virginia sounds like the most boring thing in the world. Um, I, I mean, I love Huggy Bear, but uh, oh. that that just seems like a random Tuesday game on ESPN. Uh, that just doesn't doesn't do it for me. <laughs> that that did not capture my imagination. That's an example of a game where I wish both schools could lose. <laughs> <'Cause>, 
Uh, Maryland used to be coached by Gary Williams, who is an avid anti-mid-major guy. And West Virginia, obviously, is coached by Huggins, who has said he wants to kick mid-majors out of the dance. So it's like, (laughs) hopefully the game gets canceled and both teams go home. Yeah, yeah. So that one, just uh, not feeling it. VCU St. Mary's is going to be awesome. I mean, I feel bad for him. Just, again, the committee just uh, doing an awesome job pinning great mid-major programs yeah. programs against one another. Um, those are the ones that kind of stood up, stood out. Any any other ugly or good games you're, you're rooting for or against? Uh, really excited to watch Oral Roberts against Duke, which I know is a generic yeah. answer for anyone yeah. who pays a lot of attention to college basketball this time of year. But like Oral Roberts is a legitimately good team, and they already had a great score uh, with my guy Max, and they've added up <laughs> – I think he's seven four transfer center from is it Arkansas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I just think that'll be fascinating to watch because Duke is rounded into one of the best teams in the country. Um, and then you have just a really solid Oral Roberts team, which Drake, fun fact, actually played in a secret scrimmage uh before this season. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. And what I heard about that was that they tied. So <laughs> <laughs> uh Auburn, Iowa will be fun too, though. By the way, another another fun one to uh, to look into. Yeah, and that's another one where we need. I think Iowa needs to win their first round matchup, maybe their second. Proper amount, proper amount of success mm-hmm. for for Fran. Yeah. <laughs> or were you saying he's going to Auburn? You know. No, no, we need the proper amount of success. Oh man, well I think I think I think we covered everything. Yeah, everything great basketball that's that's all i've got for you um uh in the future we'll we'll endeavor to make these uh episodes a little bit more pointed we just needed to have an intro episode uh for everybody yeah. so that they yeah. understood our background and well we'll even like look up some stats here and there uh, just just to make it sound like we know what we're talking about you know we, we might make up some stats here and there yeah, I mean, we will find out who scored the 80 points against against Drake. You can you can guarantee I guarantee that for next episode. <laughs> Moving forward, we should also make up at least one player in the opposing team's lineup just to see yeah. how closely people are paying attention. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, as long as we kind of get stats or names kind of close, you know, I think I think that's all people are asking for. It's it's what people have been. <laughs> demanding crying out for for the drake basketball podcast hey if uh cbs can call roman ramon penn on on uh on on tv then i think i think we can maybe not know who the one loss is against the breeze <laughs> oh shout out to ramon shout out one to of, ramon one of drake's all-time point guards all right well, just want to thank everybody out there for tuning in to our inaugural episode of the Drake Basketball Podcast. Uh, this podcast has been brought to you uh, by Eduardo and his team's recording technology. That's right. It was fun. Drake Basketball, first episode is on, it's on the books. All right. Let's go, Drake. Let's go, dogs. Let's go, dogs.